0: I'm Becky Hennessy. This is The Path of Imperfection, episode 76, Getting Clear on Values. Hey there. This is Living Through, a podcast for partners who have been betrayed, who are living through as they recover and heal and reconnect. So, how do y'all feel about this summer? I know that there's lots of folks that just love the summer months. So about August time, which is when I'm recording this episode, some people start to get a tad sad that summer is wrapping up. Well, guys, I am not a fan of summer (laughs) at all because it's hot and the sun comes out a lot and the sun creates heat and it's hot. And I forgot to mention the heat. (laughs) Not a fan. I love Kids not having to stick to a schedule. That's pretty cool. And I really like fireworks, but that's about all that I really love about summertime. So this time of year, I actually start to get really excited because I know that fall is just around the corner and that is by far one of my most favorite seasons. That and spring. I'm thinking about it... You guys, even winter, I kind of like. I think summer's the only season that I could do without. It's kind of funny. A couple of housekeeping things. Hopefully by now, those of you who have listened to me for a bit know that I am no longer on social media. So if you are looking to connect with me or to find me, or you're looking to connect someone else to me or to find me, you can go to my website, beckyhennessy.com, that's B-E-C-K-I-E, dot com or you can email me at Becky with an I-E, Becky at com. and you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website and putting in your email and things like that. Guys, I only send out emails when there is really something to share. For me, it's much more about quality versus quantity and so it happens maybe once a month, if that. (laughs) My hope is that even though it doesn't happen weekly or even biweekly, to be quite honest, my hope is that when it does happen, it's totally worth it. So those are some ways that you can connect to me aside from this podcast, which I'm grateful you're here. Okay, let's jump into today. So last episode, I talked briefly about boundaries and I mentioned the importance of values. A dear friend of mine reached out and asked me to say more about that and to dive in a little bit deeper there. So that is where we're going to go during this episode. First off, let's just get clear about what values are, and then we'll go to why it's so important to get clear on the values that are important to you specifically and how we go about doing that. Brene Brown has said, and I agree, that a value is a way of being or believing that we hold most important. I'm going to take that definition of value or values just one step further because that's what happens. When I can't find a definition that I feel like is complete, I just add to one or I make it up or whatever. So the part that I want to add on and the word that I'd like to add on to her definition is the word intrinsic. Intrinsic means that it belongs naturally to you, that it's essential, that it's of utmost importance. So my definition, Becky's definition of value or values is something that is intrinsically important to you. Our values come from inside of us, from inside of our very being, from inside of our soul. They are deeply rooted to us and connected to us and in us. They're a part of our nature. Our values, our core values, are deeply rooted to who we are as an individual person. In the book Dare to Lead, Brené talks about how living into your values means that we do more than profess them, that we actually practice them. We talk our talk we're clear about what we believe and what we hold important, and we take care that our intentions and words and thoughts and behaviors align with those beliefs. I love that she uses the word practice there because the word practice has a couple of meanings. One is that we're going to apply the belief to our lives and two is that we're going to keep doing it over and over and over in order to improve our proficiency in it. So when we say that we practice our values, it means that we apply them to our life and that we're living in them. And it also means that there's a consistency in the application of them. I think it also leaves some room for us to make mistakes as we practice living in our values. Why is this idea of getting really clear on your values so important when it comes to trauma and betrayal and boundaries and all of that? Well, any professional that is trauma-informed, that is trained specifically to treat trauma, is going to tell you that when trauma occurs or when betrayal happens, the most important thing to do first in your healing before anything else is to establish safety, physical safety, emotional safety, relational safety, spiritual safety. The reason being clear on values is so crucial in trauma work is because knowing our values helps us know where we need to feel safest because of what is intrinsically most important to us. Figuring out what our core values are is also going to get us into some safer spaces because our values are going to tell us what boundaries we need and where. When something conflicts with or pushes up against a core value you have, you physically feel it. Your body tells you that you need a boundary to feel safe. Now, another reason that values can be so helpful and identifying them can be so helpful in a trauma space is because once you become clear on your values, You start to notice that they are something you can trust, that they don't change, that you can count on them time and time again. They will become your North Star. They are reliable, they are consistent, and man, oh man. Do we need consistency when betrayal and trauma are on the scene? Establishing a person's core values is a process that we do early on in that healing. I hear you. You're saying, Becky, how? How do I do that? I get it, but how? My favorite exercises in this space come from the book Dare to Lead and from the free Dare to Lead workbook. I'll link both in the show notes. The following are steps Brene identifies that can help you and that absolutely helped me identify and live into what is intrinsically important. Step one is to name your values. Sounds simple, right? Simple is not easy. Y'all, this was one of the hardest parts of this work for me. Why? Well, because The research shows that the individuals who are most willing to rumble with vulnerability and practice courage are folks who attached their behavior to one or two values, not ten. It's because of that research that Brene challenges us to, these are her words, not mine, choose one or two values, the beliefs that are most important and dear to you, that help you find your place in the dark, that fill you with a feeling of purpose, As you read them, she goes on to say, you should feel a deep resonance of self-identification because they're intrinsically part of you. She tells us to resist holding on to words that resemble something you've been coached to be or trained to be, I would add, or taught that you should be. These values, guys, aren't the values you think you should have or ought to have or are supposed to have. These values are your North Star, as I stated before, A friend of mine recently taught me about the North Star in a really cool way. You see, you see, the North Star doesn't move as the Earth spins, as it's almost directly in line with the Earth's axis. For that reason, it has been used to navigate centuries of explorers. Ship captains have used it. Others that needed to know exact directions in the days before GPS, the North Star is reliable. It's unlike other stars that move through the night or that can only be seen during certain seasons. This star is always in the sky and it's always in the same place. Based on your position in the northern hemisphere, you can know where to find it relative to the horizon at any time. That consistency is what gives the north star its power to help us. And that consistency is what's going to give your values the power to help you. Now, just because you may not see the North Star or may not know which one it is or where it is or whatever, it doesn't mean that it's not there. Similarly, just because you may not know your core values yet doesn't mean they're not there. You don't have to find them or discover them. You just need to reconnect to them. They're always inside of you. They always have been. Now, you may not recognize them at first, but you will recognize them because you felt them. You've had them. You've held them before. So step one is to reconnect, to recognize, to name your values. Two values tops. Step two is to move those values into practice. Now, you may very well be doing this. Brene walks you through what this looks like. Again, I'll link in that worksheet below. But basically, it's a process where you think about times that you've absolutely shown up in a way that aligns with your values and where you reflect on times where it's maybe been harder to do that. Again, Brene outlines how to navigate that beautifully in her workbook and also in her book. And she asks some really awesome questions. In the workbook, I think it's maybe page 32-ish, the exercises to walk you through, and in her book, I don't have the book on me, I did earlier today, <laughs> it's when she talks about values that she starts to outline that as well. So let me give you an example of what this looks like. My two values are trust and authenticity. It sounds like, oh, yeah, of course, you just came up with those. No, I worked my tail off to boil it down to those two. In the book, and the worksheets, Brene has you list your value And then as you ask yourself about what behaviors occur that support that value, you start to see how that shows up in your day-to-day life. You also ask yourself about behaviors that occur that are a little bit slippery, that tempt you to act in a way that's contrary to your values. And then you come up with an example of a time when you felt like you were fully living into this value. So we're going to use the value authenticity. Now, because of my profession, my church service, my community involvement, I attend a lot of conferences and a lot of meetings. When someone uses a word that I don't know what is or a term that I'm unclear on, a supportive behavior I try to practice is to own that and to say that, and to speak up about that. So somebody may say something, and that's me raising up my hand and saying, hey, just real quick, help me understand what that is. Or I'm not familiar with the term. Can you explain that a little bit more? Which is super hard, especially if you're showing up in a professional space or in the community where I want people thinking that I actually have a brain in my head, right? But that is a way for me to live in my value of being authentic. A slippery behavior in the same space is when I stay quiet and I tell myself I will google it later and I make a note to do so, pretending like I know a term or a modality or a word or what somebody's talking about doesn't align with authenticity for me. So that's what I would consider a slippery behavior. Now a time when I fully live into this value is when I'm asked to present somewhere or be on a podcast that I know I will not be able to feel completely authentic in. If I know that I will need to hustle for my worthiness in that space or that I'll be speaking to an audience that doesn't value authenticity. If I know that I'm going to have to show up in a space of where I have to dress in a way that doesn't feel authentic, I'm going to have to talk about things that don't feel authentic, I'm going to have to fake it. I do my best to decline the invitation, which again is super awkward. But it's only awkward for the time that I'm declining the invitation. What's the alternative? I don't decline it. And I feel awkward for the hours that I'm presenting or the hours that I'm prepping for and being on the podcast. Am I perfect at it? No, not by any means. This is life work. But believe you me, I know when I step out of that value because I can feel it inside of my body in a very loud physical way. So hopefully that makes step two make a little bit more sense. The workbook is going to be super helpful in that space because it's just a worksheet. It's going to help you process through your own step two. Or you can get the book. It's a lovely read. Step three is to focus on empathy and self-compassion while you're getting your butt kicked as you rumble with living in your values. It's funny because I hear myself saying, no thanks. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) It's hard. This is a consistent rumble. Every single day, you are going to be put in a situation or situations where you can either show up or shrink. Living in our values, living in the spots that are intrinsically important, y'all, that is hard work and it sucks sometimes, a lot of times, and it's painful and it generates discomfort. So Brene talks about the empathy seat being taken up by one or two folks that. Know our values and that support our efforts as we put those into action, even if they have to call us out and call us in. The self compassion seat, well, that's all yours, my friend. You're the one that's going to be sitting in that for yourself. Here's the thing if you can't cheer yourself on and cannot give yourself some mercy and cannot allow yourself to be human, others won't be able to either. So, Self-compassion is all yours. Step one, identify it, name it. Step two, put it into practice. Figure out where you rock at showing up and figure out where your behaviors become more slippery in regards to those values. Step three, tap into the empathy of a safe other and give yourself some self-compassion during the living through as you navigate this values thing. I am going to make a bold statement here but it is one that I believe to my core. You cannot identify, hold, or expect someone else to respect a boundary if you do not know what your core values are, period. If you're having a hard time figuring out which boundaries to set, if you're having a hard time following through with them, if you're having a hard time because you have set way more boundaries than are what is necessary. Again, boundaries can be either internally for you or externally for others. I would get really curious about your core values and I would get those suckers named and I would get them into practice. No one is telling you you have to master this thing. We're practicing, right? To practice means to try. It also means that we're going to fall flat on our face sometimes and we're going to figure out what works, and we're going to figure out what doesn't work. As we practice living in our values, living in those things that are intrinsically important to us specifically, let's get somebody in that empathy seat. Someone that loves us enough to support us and will give us the feedback we need not necessarily the feedback we want. And let's do the work we need to do to get our own backsides into the self-compassion seat. Again, you are not going to convince anyone else to help support you in your values until you support you there first. (sighs) The end. (laughs) Make it a great week as you live through one value at a time.